Global stocks are surging to record highs after very strong results from AI giant NVIDIA. Minutes from the Fed and a couple of Fed speakers show the start of rate cuts is still some time away. And Europe's economy is faring better than expected, but rate cuts there will still be sooner than in the United States. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, we look again at how friendshoring is helping one of China's neighbours. ANZ economist Aaron Dam Chakraborty explains Vietnam's surge in foreign direct investment during 2023. As supply chains have been diversifying away from China, Chinese companies are increasingly setting up manufacturing units in Vietnam to avoid losing out completely. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, the Nasdaq and the S&P 500 are surging around 15 to 2.5% this morning to record highs after the AI giant NVIDIA reported revenues rose, wait for it, 265%. That was more than expected. For once, stock investors are more focused on earnings than on the prospects for interest rates and the competing attractions of bond yields. They rose slightly overnight after Fed minutes and a couple of Fed speakers again indicated the Fed would be cautious about cutting too early. The US dollar firmed a bit against most currencies with those higher bond yields. That nudged the Aussie dollar down to 65.51 US cents at 5am Sydney Melbourne time. The Kiwi, though, was a bit firmer at 61.96 US cents because traders are looking ahead to a possible rate hike in New Zealand on Wednesday. But here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, on why the US 10-year bond yield rose to a three-month high overnight of 4.33%. The market's beginning to digest the more cautious stance from the FOMC rather than the gung-ho view that prevailed earlier this year that the Fed could be cutting interest rates as early as March. And as it assesses the landscape now that rate cuts are not coming imminently, I think that is necessarily feeding out along the yield curve and uh, pushing bond yields higher. Number two, European flash PMI and PSI survey results for February came out overnight, showing manufacturers were broadly feeling better than expected across the continent although German factory owners remain in the doldrums. Here's Brian again on those PMIs and PSIs and comments from the European Central Bank in minutes out overnight. There's a gradual improvement in economic activity taking place in Europe at the early part of 2024. However, the main message I got from the PMI is that we've got a twin-speed economy. The manufacturing sector is still really suffering, uh, particularly in Germany. It's still very weak in Europe, but services seem to be recovering. And I think the service sector recovery reflects the fact that inflation in Europe has come down very sharply and that consumers' incomes are now rising in real terms, and that is always good for the service sector. Number three, the Bank of Korea held its policy rate steady at 3.5%, as expected yesterday, And while the decision was unanimous, one board member said they were open to an earlier rate cut. ANZ economist Crystal Tan says that prompted the bank's governor to state publicly that a cut in the first half of the year is unlikely. The thing is, inflation management is still going to be the priority for the Bank of Korea. And as things stand, it is still too soon to be confident that inflation will converge back to its 2% target. So outside from that split in policy rate outlook, there were few other signs suggesting that the Bank of Korea is in any hurry to cut rates. 
Number four, ANZ has raised its 2023-24 New Zealand milk price forecast by 15 cents to $7.85 a kilogram of milk solids. That's as global supply decreases. ANZ agriculture economist Susan Kilsby says that price should be higher next year at about $8.50 a kilogram. We're not seeing the growth in milk that we'd normally see in, in the US markets. We're also seeing much tighter environmental laws impacting lots of markets, um, particularly in Europe. So that means they aren't growing their milk supply either. We're likely to see this trend in play for a wee while, that prices will increase. But then once prices get to a you know a high level again and, and it's profitable, we'll then see a surge in, in supply happening again. But for the moment, we expect the overall trend over the next 12 months to be upwards. Number five, New Zealand's agriculture sector in general is facing challenging global conditions. Susan says freight costs are rising as ships divert from the Suez Canal, while Panama has limited ship sizes due to drought. But the big challenge is lower demand from China. It sort of all comes down to consumer confidence in China, and that's been hit quite hard with their economy not growing as quickly as what it normally would and the challenges that they had in their housing market. It's not so much that their consumers um, don't have the funds available, but they're just less confident to, to spend. So it's going to take some time before that consumer confidence rebuilds, um, and we see that you know demand um pick up again. So in the interim, it, it's really tr- trying to find alternative markets and just matching the level of demand that there is there um, with the supply that we're putting in. Susan Kilsby there. Now, in our deep dive interview today, we take another look at foreshoring and how it's affecting global trade and investment. As the US reduces direct imports from China, China's manufacturers are setting up operations in countries exporting more to the US. That's boosting their economies, but it's also putting upward pressure on US prices. Today, ANZ economist Arundam Chakraborty looks at how Vietnam is benefiting. In 2023, newly registered foreign capital in Vietnam increased by $36.6 billion. That is a 32% year-on-year jump. Also, the realized capital increased as well. Uh, although it was at a softer pace of 3.5% year-on-year to $23.1 billion over the year. So the ratio of realized to re- registered capital, which is an indicator of investors' confidence in Vietnam, has also increased since 2020. It has averaged nearly 70% between 2020 and 2023, compared to a pre-pandemic five-year average value of 57%. What are the, um, the main drivers behind this uh, surge in foreign direct investment? Overall, So when we look at the FDI by source country in Vietnam, over 56% of the total FDI has been sourced from its top three investors, which are Singapore, Japan and South Korea. Also, as supply chains have been diversifying away from China, Chinese companies are increasingly setting up manufacturing units in Vietnam to avoid losing out completely. This is reflected in the rising share of Chinese FDI in Vietnam. It has risen from 6.5% before 2020 to over 10% between 2021 and 23. So what does this improvement reflect? So targeted investment by the government in education and training as well as high FDI to GDP ratio uh, has led to an impressively rapid upskilling of Vietnam's uh, labor force. 
This is evident from the share of the rise in high-skill technology-intensive exports and its total manufactured exports, which has risen to 47% in 2022 from 13% in 2008. And that highlights Vietnam's ascent up the global value chain and its potential to move further up as it continues to be an attractive FDI destination for businesses. Aaron Dam Chakraborty there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Friday, February the 23rd. Catch you next week. All eyes are on the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Will it hike or not? On Wednesday at 2pm New Zealand time. This morning, markets are estimating a 28% chance of a hike. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.